You're ready to be premature <laughs> all over again. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Quick, quick, reset, yeah. quick reset. Last night was Ramos Jizz. A Jizz. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still here. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn it, you're killing me. <laughs> My SEAL Team 6 with the SEAL Team 12. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The thought you'd get better. Well, I don't know what's worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. You sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is a new week. It is a new topic. Uh, the intro never changes. The faces never change. It's the same four gentlemen. And it has always been. Unfortunately, we're down by one tonight. Big Mac. Uh, our bottom will not be here. It's unfortunate, but he, he had some other things that he had to take care of this week, so he will not be in today, but that's okay. The uh, the three horsemen will hold it down. I'm here with the Grinch, and I'm here with the Haas. Uh, I, I feel confident that we will power through. Gentlemen, how's everybody we, doing we tonight? Will. I, I am I am whelmed. You are whelmed, not whelmed. under, not over. Not under, not over. Just whelmed. I am, I am merely whelmed. <laughs> uh yeah uh you know i'm I, it's nice you know it's a different day than we normally record but it's nice that we we're able to get together uh i'm sorry matt can't be here but you know it is what it is uh i was i was kind of jones and ford you know just hanging out and doing this as we do each week and it's it's been a minute because i was traveling and haas was traveling and grinch was without power and mac is traveling so schedules just didn't align so here we are we are recording uh and I'm ready to go and I'm excited. So uh, let's jump into it. So let's go ahead and do our drinks. Um, now, Haas, I, I, you didn't respond. So I don't know if you're doing the drink of the evening. Okay. The head shake says no. So I'm going to let you go first since I think Grinch and I did the same drink. Uh, and then I will let you go first and tell us what you're drinking tonight, brother. Cool. Because I can't hear you. So it must be delicious. <laughs> technical difficulties there it was trying to put on you know headset so you could be here i could hear better oh there you go now you sound wonderful no i somehow muted myself in the process there you go yeah i i ran around scurried around to try and find all the ingredients but was missing uh one so i just decided to pour a very healthy hoss portion of angel's envy because you know that's what you do is why not i mean you gotta wait do you have a big ice cube or no uh, no, I just put mm. like one, yeah, sort of kind of one there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here, here, here. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Ironically, <laughs> the Angel's Envy I brought home from Georgia was our final stand bottle. Thinking, really? You know, if we get the power back, then we'll hold <laughs> off on it because nothing was open, right? Without us driving out of the county. And finally, right. we're just like, fuck it. Fuck it. We're doing it. Yep, no sense of being sober during that. Shit. I mean, th- I mean, there's 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 worse uh, beverages to see you through a power outage than uh, than angels. I mean, yeah. you know, we're going to talk about over it. there, buddy. But we literally would just sit in the evenings and listen to like funny videos and podcasts and whatnot until we just got bored enough to go to sleep. By candlelight in the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How fucking mantical. <laughs> well, look, I'm, I'm glad that you are over the hump and, and you're, you know, you were able to join us tonight. Haas, Anal's Envy, it's your go-to, you know, and I'm glad. Yes. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Haas is actually stateside for the next month. So he is actually in the same time zone, which is nice. Um, 
And so you are you were able to procure some things maybe that you were not able to find over there and that's one potentially of them. Yep. taking them back. Yep, I'm I'm due to go get three or four more bottles to try and get back over there with there you go. For now, I'm just enjoying a belly full of it. There you go. Angels Envy on the rocks. Yep. Easy peasy. Uh, peasy. All right. So Grinch, since you and I are having, I think, the same drink. We are. Okay. Um, uh, I'll let you talk about it since this was actually a list your wife put together and put out for us to have. I don't she know how did. she I don't know how she um, came upon this list, but well, the thinking was thematic drinks starting with the weekend of Thanksgiving that got us through Christmas. Now we we got off on schedule. So this would have been the Thanksgiving drink, which is okay. um the cranberry fizz. Got um it. so at face value, it's two ounces of bourbon, two ounces of cranberry juice, four ounces of um ginger beer. <laughs> ginger beer. And, Sorry, I did three and three. And then yeah, five. I was catching on to the hand signals. Yeah, um, but I think it's pretty good. I like it. Uh, oh, you did a smaller glass than I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually like, but you guys know I like cranberry. I've drank it quite a few times on the show in some form or another. And how do you go wrong with ginger beer and bourbon? I mean, and so where did she yeah. find this? I don't know, actually. Hmm. She, okay. She did not divulge uh, she was her home secret. that day. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, and. And we know we have a drink called the Grinch coming up, which excites me. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so we're behind on getting it for Thanksgiving, but it is based, you know, it's designed to be our Thanksgiving drink based on the cranberries. Now, obviously for a teaser for our next show, since Haas and Mac will not be here for the next episode that we record. Uh, if you would like to do the Grinch, I have all the stuff for that and we can do it there. If you want to go ahead and do it, it's up to you or we can wait. I don't care one way or the other. Oh, we could drive on. Yeah, we okay. could drive on. Well, <laughs> the thoughts. Uh, yes. This is housekeeping. Um, <laughs> we're going to be together for three, four days. I presume we're going to record at least one, if not two podcasts, right? While we're together. I mean, I'm right down for it. Yeah. I mean, so we've got the we've got the Grinch cocktail in the shoot, yeah. followed by the Winter Margarita, followed uh, by the Santa Clausmopolitan. Clausmopolitan. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. And since we're slightly off schedule because of our scheduling snafus as of late, if it pushes everything, that's okay too. Yeah, so we I can make we, that work. We yeah. definitely need to do the winter we'll margarita when Max are around. But I'm down. Okay. I, I, I want to try out. They all sound amazing. Uh, all right. Well, we'll, we'll do whatever Sunday and then, and then we'll, 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 we'll plow ahead after that. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so the cranberry fizz, I think is what it's called. And as you said, it's just ginger beer, mm-hmm. cranberry, and and bourbon. Super simple, super easy, tastes really good. I like it. And it keeps your kidneys clean. Can't go wrong with that, right? So uh, right. I think for me, this was a win. I would do this again. Yeah, easy. me too. Yeah. So uh, obviously, as always, gentlemen, cheers. Mac, we miss you. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. Prost. All right. <clears throat> and let's go to work. Uh, so this week we are talking about, um, something near and dear to my heart that occurs every four years, and that would be the world cup. And, uh, in case you haven't been paying attention, it is being held in Qatar, a middle Eastern country. Yes. Who one of us has actually been through multiple times. I have not. Us is not. So there you go. So yeah, Doha, right. You've actually been through Doha a number of times in your travels. Um, cause you're a, a worldly man. And so that that is where it's being held. And so what I want to talk about is obviously I'd like to kind of talk about the state of the choice 
of choosing Qatar back in 2010, because if you're not aware, there was quite a bit of controversy that surrounded the selection of Qatar as the 2022 host nation. Uh, And then I'd also like to talk about some of the other things surrounding it, uh, this kind of debacle that unfolded right before the World Cup started. There was an issue with, uh, what is, what's the name of the, it's uh, Ab InBev, the parent company of Budweiser. I think mm-hmm. is, is what it, their name. Uh, I'd like to talk about the the banning of beer sales within all of the stadiums in Qatar two days before the World Cup kicked off on November 20th. And then obviously we we are more than welcome to talk about kind of the state of the World Cup right now, the teams that are in, the teams that are not in, you know, kind of where things are. Obviously, as all native to the United States and the United States not being in it for eight years and finally getting back kind of where they were, where they ended up, how that fell out. So we can talk about anything around the World Cup, but this, you know, I love the World Cup. Every four years I follow it, I pay attention. As you guys know, I run a contest, much like the NCAA kind of final four bracket. I run this. I've been doing it since 2006 with my family. Uh, now Haas is involved, Max involved, Haas, your family's involved. Uh, Grinch, I'm sorry you didn't make it this year. <clears throat> But uh, so, yeah, I, I do do a lot of stuff. Well, he, he, he can only handle losing at one sporting contest at a time a every year. He can't he can't fit in. My, my, my temperament doesn't allow. <laughs> but if he had lost, he'd, ha- if he'd have four years to recover. Yeah, so it's not, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not enough. It's not, yeah, enough. Yeah. not enough. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes. So, I, I mean, I love the World Cup. I, I love soccer. So that's or or football, if that's your persuasion. Doesn't matter to me, but that's what we're going to talk about today. Speaking of which, have you seen the commercial with Peyton Manning? I have. Okay. <clears throat> you know, I just bought a soccer team. Ah, you said soccer. I know I did. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. you did. <laughs> such such a good commercial, man. Obviously, a debate the world over: is it football? Is it soccer? Even though so, I am, mm-hmm. since we're, since we're trending in that direction, a little segue. I am a little pissed though that Beckham's getting paid to be a uh, um an ambassador, ambassador. Uh, mm-hmm. of, of the games for, uh, for, Qatar. you know, I, I love mean, being that's... out here. You know, I love this food. You know, yeah, I love yeah. this. I love yeah, this. I just, I love but at this. the end of the day, he owns a team here, an MLS team here in the United yeah. States and, and enter Miami. He's got to be able to keep those lights on. Right. It's, and, and you know what, if I think if it bolsters the, the uh, appreciation of soccer football here in America, then it's a win and I'm okay with it. But you know, that is neither here nor there with our topic today. Sorry. So let's jump into it. So a uh, little background. 2010, Qatar was selected as the host nation for the World Cup. And there, I think Mac pointed it out. Somebody pointed out there was a, there is, is FIFA, what's the name of the Netflix special? FIFA something uncovered or some shit like that. I believe that's right. Something like that. Yeah. And it covers this the the scandal that has been plaguing FIFA for decades. I mean, this is not a new thing. And uh, it, it dates back to when the former president, João Havelange, uh, the Brazilian, took over FIFA in the 70s, I believe, and kind of follows the arc with Sepp Blatter as his right-hand man through the following decades as, as there was a lot of um, backroom dealings and under-table dealings with money, changing hands to make sure that you know they were greasing the right palms to accomplish things. But when we get to 2010, turns out, when the selection of both Russia in 2018 as the host nation and Qatar in 2022 as the host nation were selected, there was a number of underhanded dealings that came to light and millions of dollars changing hands in what was considered one of the world's biggest sports scandals. Um, 
I don't know about you, gentlemen. I actually watched the selection process in 2010. I was at my parents and I was with my dad, who was also a follower of the sport. And we were surprised because there were a lot mm-hmm. of other nations involved that that post a bit. And if you haven't seen these, I mean, they are massive fucking binders that have to lay out infrastructure and how they're going to deal with it and all of the things related to it. And far and away, I think from all the things I've read, Qatar was the least impressive of them and was actually rated one of the worst bids to be placed for the for the selection (laughs) and it was a real head scratcher when it turns out they actually got the bid and then people started diving into it and then the justice department got involved and there were a number of indictments that got laid out because of it so that's obviously where we start i mean the shit show just them getting selected is surprising everybody and and i mean let's just stick with the facts which was at the time, they had no stadiums. Yep. They had no mass transit system. Um, certainly lacked in the number of hotels sufficient accommodations for the number of visitors, which I think I just saw they're under the mark they had hoped for. I think they... Oh, okay. It's so 725,000 plus visitors in the first two weeks. 765 in the first 17 days when they were anticipating uh, the the minimum they were anticipating was 1.2 million. And, and I mean, look, I mean, I, things are, are surmountable in terms of technology, but oh, by the way, it's in the Middle East and it can get to be 128, you know, oh, during yeah. the summertime. Which, so is, it, which it, is why, for those that don't know, that's why they're having it this time of year instead of the summer, right. which of course I can <clears> tell you from all the Europeans I hang out with, they're all pissed off because they're used to hanging out in pubs and gardens, drinking beer, watching the matches, and they can't do that. And so, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And, and, no, that's okay. And I know when it when the bid came out, uh, it was my understanding, or at least maybe I'm, I'm misremembering this, <clears throat> excuse me, that all of the stadiums were going to be enclosed because of the, well, the, 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 the sweltering fucking heat that occurs mm-hmm. in that region. And then I, I don't know if it was even at the time, if it was, no, we're not going to hold it in the summer. It's going to be shifted. I don't remember if that was even on the table at the time or if that's something that came along after. As I recall, they were always going to shift it because they didn't have a choice. And, th- and that's probably the case. And the interesting part is most international soccer, sans what occurs here in the United States in the MLS, most international soccer club play occurs from August to May. Mm-hmm. And it is why historically the World Cup has always been played in the summer. Because it's when club teams are not playing. And so now you've got that issue of club teams are in session. They are playing. They're vying for not only winning their own cups, but playing in the Champions League or whatever you know tournaments they may play as a club. And so now they have to put that on hold to kind of allow their players to go and play for their national teams. Which is shitty for the players who's co- who didn't have a country that qualified because now they've got to what? They've got to try and stay in shape and make sure that they're, they're, they're on staying on top of, you know, their physical fitness in the game. And like, I mean, it's just a shit show from, from, from beginning to end, side to side, top down. It's just what the fuck. And a lot of leagues just suspended play for that month. They said there are going to be no club play. So yes, if, if you were in a team in a national team that didn't qualify, you don't get to play for that month for your club team. You just have to sit and wait. Cause most internet or uh, most Club leagues, German, English, Premier, Italian. I mean, they just suspended Did play the for MLS? that month. Did they? <clears throat> the MLS doesn't play right now. They actually, okay, their season not. goes from March to October. So it was perfect for them. Yeah, okay. 
So, you know, because they're ballers. And, and they, um, and Cutter did win the bid over Japan, Australia, the United States, and South Korea, as I recall. Which all would have been better. All of them. <laughs> Every single one of those would have been better. Miles, I mean, just, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the justification was it had never been. In the 21 previous World Cups, it had never been held in an Islamic country. I, I don't take issue with that. No, in I don't, the I don't take of, issue with that as either. As a standalone point to be made, it's obviously wildly popular in that region of the world. Which is fine. It's just it's great. the other aspects, uh, not the least of which is the accusations of you know human rights violations. Yeah, human <laughs> right. rights. I mean, like uh, <clears throat> the, the same things happened in Brazil and South Africa. There was no stadiums. There was no infrastructure. So all these immigrants come in and build the infrastructure and the stadiums, and they're basically – and it's a shame Max not here to, to, to rowdy around this, but they're basically slaves. They're indentured servants. I mean, indentured slavitude. Yeah, I mean like uh, in Qatar, they, they, they take your passport. But this system so you, so you is can't called leave. kafala. Wow. It's, it, and it's – The kafala or sponsorship system gives private citizens and companies in Jordan, Lebanon, and most of Arab Gulf countries almost total control over migrant workers' employments and immigration status. The system arose from growing demand in Gulf economies for cheap labor, et cetera, et cetera. But it's largely Indonesians, Bangladeshis, you know, maybe Pakistanis, Indians. It's those that have little and it's a prospect for work so they can send money home. And like you said, they give up their passport. Most of them have to sign on to agreements that they can under no circumstances leave or depart or change jobs without their employer's permission. So it is, in fact, whatever you want to call it, it is no less than indentured servitude. Right. <laughs> right. And and I know that the the one of the things they said about Qatar or Qatar. Um, well, did you see that interview with... Um... Uh, Adams from the U.S. where the, the interviewer is like, so uh, what do you think about, uh, you know, race, racism and the race wars in America? Oh, and by the way, you guys are mispronouncing the name of our, our, our country wrong. It's Qatar, not Qatar. And and Adams <laughs> handled it greatly. But my whole thing was like, well, um, I'm speaking English. So in English, it's 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 Qatar. If, well, if I'm speaking in Arabic, it would be Qatar. Okay, but here's I'm not my speaking in Arabic, and neither are you. Here's my <laughs> fundamental fucking issue with that. If somebody were to come to the United States and mispronounce our country, we get fucking pissed off. We would because we're just we're fucking egocentric, and we're like, no, you're going to pronounce it. I mean, come on, man. Everybody's uh, well, like, but, but, speak but the fucking on. language. Sure. I do have an issue. Their their country's name is Qatar, <laughs> and I can pronounce that in English. I don't have okay. to be fucking Islamic or Muslim or Middle Eastern. <laughs> well, what you do fucking you call, pronounce it right? What What do you call Munich when you go to Munich? Uh, I, I call it Munich because I've never heard it spoken by the native yeah, language. And but if it's I not. was there, it's called München. München. And I would say that if somebody corrected me, I'd be like, "You're absolutely <laughs> right," because I don't know that. If you come to Vienna, what do you call in Vienna? Wien. Yes, exactly. Wien, not Vienna. <laughs> See, so there you go. So, but my point is, when you're in, when when we're talking about it in their country, should you not pronounce it correctly? No, my point is, is, is if that you're is speaking, not. If I'm speaking German, I will call it München and I will call it Wien. If I'm speaking in English, I call it Munich and I call it Vienna because that's the appropriate way to say it in the, in the appropriate language. But if they have an issue with you saying that, if somebody corrects you, you have an obligation to be like, you know what? I'm in your country because right. you would do that to them. If in this somebody country. in Qatar 
has an issue with how I pronounce Qatar, then I'm going to turn around and go, that's the least of your fucking problems. You have human rights issues crawling out of your ass. Why don't we focus on those and not how I pronounce the name of your country? Because I'll be honest, I didn't know that's what it was until Grinch said it to us one time because he's like, oh, I've been to there. It's actually pronounced Qatar. And I was like, "Mm, okay. And it's not that difficult to say. You no, know, it's not. But you know, it's it's it's. More, we just think we're the difficult. center of the fucking universe as a, as as an American, and so we can say whatever the fuck we want. That's well, that, my problem. Well, I'm, I'm not what sure. Are we talking about? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We're talking <laughs> about the World Cup. Let's go back. <laughs> maybe to that. that's true. Maybe it's he not. opened that fucking can of worms. So I, I just, would I, just. I'm just saying we're talking about. You said all things World Cup, and this this yes, it's World and, Cup and that is something that got said to him. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. in my opinion, it should be pronounced Cutter. Well, and so. also kind of have a problem with. Not quarter. Why? Why, why, <laughs> no. why are you going to approach a player about politics? To complain about it? Like, I mean, what a dick move as a reporter. Like, this guy's not a politician. He's never, you know, asked to be a politician. Why are you going to come at him like that? Like, right. that's just such a dick move. And and my my first thought is because you want to get people off balance and not talking about. You know, the LGBTQ Every other issue. plus issues, the alcohol issues, uh, the, the female rights issues, uh, the human rights issues of your slave labor to build <clears throat> your stadiums and your infrastructure. So right. let's talk about how you pronounce, you know, your fucking country's <laughs> name, you fucking ass it's, munchers. It's Cutter, by the way. Um, you're right. You're right. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not disputing that that's a, a fucking ridiculous question to be asking. <clears throat> but when you're in the limelight. Obviously, they feel that nothing's off the table. So that's what they did. Um, Yeah. So obviously, getting the bid is kind of the first thing I wanted to look at and the scandal surrounding that because it was a it was a head scratcher and a shock to a number of people when that happened. And that's why the investigation occurred because of the the issues surrounding their bid and how limiting it was. But of course, one of the things they said is here's a country in the Middle Eastern, uh, the Middle East that has really deep pockets because of their oil. So they may not have the infrastructure, but they've got the money to build the infrastructure. And they had 12 years because this was 2010. They got 12 years to do it. Now, do you think, I mean, you guys, this thing's in full swing. Do you think they've been successful in terms of the infrastructure and building the stadiums, getting them up and running? No? I mean, they seem, yeah. I mean, the stadiums are gorgeous, right? Like they are. Um, even if they have weird names like Stadium Eight Seven Four, Nine Seven Four, which <laughs> which which does have meaning, right? Yes. What was it, does. it again? Uh, there are nine hundred and seventy-four containers that make up the infrastructure of the stadium. Uh, shipping containers. And then is what isn't it also the? Uh, I think it's the uh, the telephone the, code, the country code, or something yeah, like that. Whatever. Yeah. That, yeah. Either way, even though you have weird names like you know, that's Stadium clever. Nine Seven Four. Sure, still weird. <laughs> it is. Um, you know. They ran I, out of fucking stadium names. They were like, "Wait, what do we what do we call this?" Yeah, <laughs> let's just throw let's throw a dart. Let's throw three right. darts at a dartboard. Oh, look, nine seven four. Nine seven four. There we go. Right. Okay, how do we do that? Okay, we need shipping containers. Nine hundred seventy four of them. Yes, yeah, fucking weird. But, <laughs> uh, but but I will say the stadiums are gorgeous, and from what I can tell, the accommodations are gorgeous and nice. Um, I understand that uh, there's not been the turnout that they were anticipating. So. I don't know. I mean, one of the other problems I have is not only did Cutter pay Beckham to be an ambassador, but they also went out and paid a bunch of different uh, social media influencers to come and to tout how awesome it was there. Right. And I'm just like, you know, 
it's like um, it, it it makes me think of th- that guy in high school who used to go around being braggadocious about everything. I'm good at this and I'm great at that. Da-da. And it's like, if you're great at stuff, you don't have to brag about it. Y- your work, your actions will speak for themselves. So it makes me feel as though I don't ever want to go to Cutter. I well, mean, for all on. you who, who are listening at home in high school, that was Oz. He was that guy. That was me. Mr. Was I sober <laughs> enough to be braggadocious? Probably not. Or was you I were con- over the top was, because you was weren't I conscious. Sober. Yeah, was I conscious enough to be braggadocious? And of course, we don't have the stats yet in terms of total uh, attendance. But I will tell you, in terms of attendance, statistically speaking, from 1970 forward. In 1970, it was held in Mexico, and in 2018, it was in Russia. And and in 1970, total attendance was in the ballpark of about 1.7 million people went to Mexico to witness the matches that occurred in 2018, Russia over 3 million showed up now from 70 to 18 from 1970 to 2018, actually the largest world cup in terms of total attendance was in 94 when it was held here in the United States, three point, almost 3.6 million people attended, which by the way, was over what? 20 years ago. 1994. Yes, sir. Almost 30. Yeah. So 30, 28. My point is this. I mean, it's a sad commentary that, you know, almost 30 years ago, you have the most attended World Cup and they can't look. You and I've talked about this uh, off uh, off podcast. I believe there's a system that works better than what we have, which is instead of it being a host nation, make it a host region, make it Europe. Make it Asia, make it Africa, make it South host, America. Or a host make confederation. It, right. Th- even that, sure. Because what you have is a situation where countries like Brazil and parts of South Africa and, you know, clearly Qatar, uh, Qatar um, have to go in and, 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 and create stadiums and infrastructure when they, they don't have. And I don't know if you guys remember when, when they had it in Brazil. <laughs> the Brazilian people were pissed pissed because they need health care and they need infrastructure and they, they need all these things that as soon as people left i mean there's pictures if you go look online you can see pictures of the old south african and brazilian stadiums that are just completely dilapidated you know yeah. the jungles grow around them and the animals take over and then so what the fuck was the point what, what was the goddamn purpose of that shit that's well, money you could have given back to your people instead of you know just getting fat off the freaking Fat of the hog from you know milking fucking FIFA. I mean, I, oh, it just aggravates milking shit. the teat of FIFA. Mm-hmm. But again, the argument will be made if you have at in Brazil, it was three point four million people showed up. It is the infusion of money that three point four million people bring to your region in terms of hotel stay and food and and <clears throat> souvenirs and you know the th- and the beer that they buy. Oh, coincidentally, they won't be doing that in Qatar because mm. they ban beer sales. But I think that's where they kind of wait as they go, yes, you're going to have that infusion of money from the three plus million coming into your country. And that's, I think, how they mentally offset in terms of those challenges. But I understand your point when you've got a country dealing with those issues. But it's much like the Olympics. You get a bid for the Olympics and you spend all that time building the Olympic Village and the stadiums. And all, and then after the Olympics disappear, that fucking shit just goes all to yeah. hell. It doesn't get used for anything. We, we've certainly seen those images of like facilities after the fact, but yes. I mean, the point is you, you want it because you want to showcase your culture right. and have a platform on the world stage, you know, and, and here's the thing. I mean, with, with the, you know, Qatari Royal family 
they, Qatar is the wealthiest country in the world, as I, if I'm not mistaken. It is, you know, they, I think they're sitting on the third largest, you know, oil and natural gas reserve or whatever in the world. And so, you know, they're at, the average income of the country is 86,440 per person. Jesus. Yeah. And I mean, and that's they're poor. Their liquefied natural gas production is 77 million tons. I mean, so in my understanding is the, I want to make sure, the Alfani family, the royal family, is worth more than Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos combined because of how much money they had. So they had the money. I mean, it was just one of those, they just needed to get it because I don't think they had any doubts. They were like, we'll just keep flinging money and build these damn stadiums. Who gives a shit what happens afterward? We want to be on the world stage because, right. I mean, some of their other Gulf region neighbors, like that's literally all they have is oil and natural gas reserves. There's no tourism really, or in some cases, nothing else. And so they're kind of one trick ponies, or they can be if they're not careful to develop themselves into big tourist hubs where you want to go to see whatever a big ass hotel with a tennis court on the top or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> and, and I think it, it was having that access to money and being able to infuse that money into places. One of the things that I came across was according to Ken Bessinger, who is a New York times reporter and actually wrote the book red card, how the U S blew the whistle on the world's biggest sports scandal. He cites that, uh, where is this here? The president of France at the time, Sarkozy, met with the emir of Qatar and apparently the emir agreed to buy the deal that was negotiated between the two was that they uh, Qatar Qatar was going to buy airliners from Airbus which is a French company mm -hmm. and they were going to buy a French soccer team as well as buying soccer league rights to on French television to soccer so they dumped a bunch of money into France and what Sarkozy did was met with Michael Platini who was or at the time was working for FIFA. He was a, a well-known soccer player, French soccer player. And at the time that this occurred was working for FIFA and basically told Platini how he wanted him to vote when the vote for the host nation came down. And it was because Qatar used their influence in France to dump a bunch of money into that country. And so they went, oh, okay, well, we're going to vote for you to be the host nation. So it, were, it was things like that where they were using their money and influence in other countries to get those countries to vote for them when it came yeah. time for the selection process. Um, so Hamid bin, bin Khalifa Al-Thani Al established, I think this is correct, he, he established the, the Qatar Investment Authority. By 2013, it had invested uh, over 100 billion around the world, most prominently in the Shard, Barclays Bank, Heathrow Airport, Harrods, Paris St. Germain Football Club, Volkswagen, Siemens, and Royal Dutch Shell. So he's hitting a lot of major corporations and a lot mm -hmm. of influential countries. And and, and, well, and, not, and and not just that, influential countries within the specific marketplace of world football. Right. And and basically bought his selection, bought votes to get their and, country and selected. I suppose it's fair to say we also have military installations there that they host. And that has what to do with anything? Regional influence, protection. Okay. When you host 
U.S. Uh, military. Citizens. It's oh. a deterrent from countries like Iran. Mm. <clears throat> so they allow us to be there to deter other countries. Mm-hmm. Yes. Got it. So there we are. 2010, Qatar gets the bid, and they spend 12 years building the infrastructure and the stadiums to put on the World Cup. And And so now... The madness that is this World Cup, <laughs> so, which, which, by the way, has been like it's, a hell, it's been a hell of a it's been amazing. Like yes. the tournament has been, oh, so enjoyable. we're not there yet. We're not there oh, yet. Come on, we're not there yet. So, 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 so we get to that point, and they they do what they have to do. They spend twelve years putting together everything that's needed to to kind of set the world alight. Enough of the foreplay. Put it in. <laughs> and what happens? Fill me up, Daddy. 48 hours before kickoff on November 20th, what happens? A ban on all beer sales within stadiums within the country. None of you infidels will have your, down. your devil's liquor, your right. devil's drink. And 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 this was an, a massive shock. Juice box. Budweiser and the parent company Ab InBev, apparently they put out hundreds of million dollars over the course of decades for the rights to sell beer within these countries when they're hosting the world cup and cutter comes down at the last minute and says no beer sales at any stadium there will be wine spirits you know whatever but it's going to be sold within the fifa fan festival area outside the stadiums and it's the only place it can be sold inside the stadiums there'll be non-alcoholic beverages and then in some of the very kind of posh high-end uh, boxes within the stadiums, they can have alcohol. But obviously, the run-of-the-mill average Joe Jane going to this doesn't have access to that area, so they don't get to drink within a stadium. And this was a huge issue, not only for Budweiser, because they had already shipped thousands and thousands of cases of beer to Cutter, which were now sitting in a warehouse and could not be sold, but it it kind of you know, was spitting in the face of an agreement that had been laid out 12 years earlier, because in the bid that they proposed, part of that agreement was for beer sales that FIFA allows within the stadiums during a World Cup. And so this had already been agreed upon. And then 48 hours before kickoff, they say, nope, no beer. And so right out of the gate, it was like, okay, we're going to, you know, Ab InBev, Budweiser is a huge company worldwide. We're going to slap them in the face. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, like what, there isn't what, what, enough shit after the, after the last 12 years, well, there isn't enough shit with you guys getting the, the thing. And this is what you're going to do. They have so much money. They clearly don't give a fuck what they do to anybody. And I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Budweiser files a suit against them, a legal, a legal ramification. And, and I'm sure they just, they fucking throw money at it because they right. don't give a fuck. Right. And they'll just buy it off. They'll settle out of yeah. court. Um, and what's interesting is Budweiser then tweeted out saying, whatever nation wins the World Cup, we're giving them all the beer because it's already there in country. We will pay to have it shipped home to your country. Whoever wins, they get all this beer. And we know where it's not going to go. <laughs> Sadly. That would have been funny. Like if Cutter made it, how fucked up would that be? If, if you're Budweiser, you're going, nope, you're not getting it. I'm not doing that. Fuck off. Um, but yeah, it's a deal that Budweiser's had since I think 1986. I think 1986 was the first deal they made, and they've had that deal ever since 1986 at every World Cup. And it's just like, yeah, 1986 tournament. That was when it first started where they negotiated it, and they're renewing the deal for the next World Cup in North America. 
Um, obviously, that won't be an issue here in North America in 2026, but obviously it is in Qatar. So, I mean, right out of the gate, before even the first kickoff on November 20th, you're already creating another well, issue. And the, like, that and the LGTBQ plus. IARS, um, whatever, right. yeah. I mean, that 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 stuff, too, also you know, a couple few days even before the Budweiser, before the booze ban. Um, you know, the, the whole no public displays of affection, you know. I mean, there's just. Well, this like, is dated a little bit. Sorry, Pass, go ahead. What's what's the what's the <clears throat> desire or joy to go party and celebrate your your nation and something that only happens once every four years or in the case of the U.S. once every eight years if you don't make if you don't make a world <clears throat> cup to to go if if there's all these restrictions on them on having fun I don't want to yeah. do that I, you know uh, this is a little dated twenty two November but it said uh, Budweiser seeking forty seven million from FIFA after last minute alcohol ban and it said um the daily mail reports that anheuser-busch has a 75 million deal with fifa to be the official beer supplier this year's tournament the deal for 2026 held in north america is worth 112 million hmm. <laughs> yeah and they're, they're i mean they're, they're i'm assuming making no money right now because their their beer is sitting in a warehouse um, and what's interesting, and the, and I guess this is the weird part, is it's an Islamic nation, and Islamic heritage forbids consumption of alcohol. Like, they knew that 12 years ago when the bid got placed. And I do just want to say this. Um, Infantino can go fuck himself. He can and, go fuck himself. For those who don't know him, he is the current <clears throat> president of FIFA. He, he's an arrogant fucking prick who can go fuck himself. Did, did you hear the speech he gave? That was so I, I, I know. It was, it was so fucking awkward. Shut I up. was just like, dude, what? <laughs> like, ugh. Has there not been an awkward <laughs> president of FIFA? No, Seth Blatter was no better. Seth Blatter was a douchebag, too. The two of them can go fucking hold hands and take a long walk of a short pier. Yeah. yeah oh, my God. All right. But so despite all that. But the problem is, is it's it's a it's a very powerful, rich entity that has no government oversight. Right, they are basically their 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 own government, mm -hmm. and and they mm -hmm. kind of set their own standard, like and, the NCAA. And that's, <clears throat> and that's why there was massive <laughs> corruption, and twenty four people were arrested. Um, so there we go, gentlemen. All right, so we're we're up to kickoff November twentieth. Okay, we we've covered obviously the selection issue and the surrounding scandal there, and and the. LGBTQ and the beer issue. And so here we are at kickoff, Ecuador taking on Qatar. And obviously we know how that went. But in terms of the tournament itself, it has been a wild one. Some major players in, in, in the field, gone. In the, in the group stage, gone. Germany, gone. Belgium, two in the world, gone. Denmark, gone. USA, to their credit, they didn't dominate their group. They didn't dominate anybody. Mm -hmm. They squeaked by. They get to the knockout stage, coincidentally. The only CONCACAF team to make it. Mexico out, Costa Rica out, Canada out, all in the group stage. And then what is And USA? consequently, the only team not to concede a goal. And what does uh, USA do? <laughs> the first fucking round of the knockout stage, man. It's like they get more goals scored on them than they scored the whole tournament. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Is that where you were going with that? Yeah. I, I. I. I mean, it was a complete <clears throat> switch. Like, I mean, not that Netherlands is a punk bitch because they're not, right? Like, I mean, no, I a mean, lot of talent, a lot of young, good talent. But in 20, 2010, they faced off against Spain. They took Spain to one hundred and twenty minutes in a penalty shootout in the final, 
which well, Spain ends up winning. But yeah, he, Netherlands he, is here's here's the problem I had with the Netherlands game. It's like that first goal was clear. You're fucking letting them come down the wing. You're not pressing anybody in the box. You're letting them cross and get on the ball. I mean, the first two goals back were were fucking like flipped mirrored versions of each other. Like I mean, it's like what the fuck? Like yeah. you, that, uh, that shit you have to adjust to. And, and, I just think the United States team for however long has had no no offensive identity. It doesn't know how to score. It doesn't know what it wants to do in the final third. And it Dude. shows every game. Agreed. And then ultimately it's playing checkers when other sophisticated teams are playing chess. So I, th- I what I'm hearing is they need Shane Beamer to help with special teams. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, number one in the fucking country. I mean, don't, don't, don't fuck around. I mean, no, special teams yeah. beat, beat both Tennessee and Clemson. Don't, don't hate. If oh, only, yeah. if only they had special teams in, in football. Right. International yeah, football. I, I, Grinch, I agree. I mean, watching the matches, it's like, and and I don't think Pulisic is the answer, and 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 uh, and I agree with Thor, and I don't know why they call him Captain America. What what has he done to earn such a braggadocious title? Um, no, no doubt from an American standpoint, what he's managed to do overseas and at a club level, right. going to, sure. he was at uh, what was the German team. Uh, he was in the German league for a few years and then was bought on a massive contract by Chelsea in the English Premier League. And and he has done very well there. But in terms of what he's done for American football, next to nothing. And while I, I get that they're making him the face of American football, he's he he's not he's not the guy that's going to save American football. He's just not. He doesn't. I don't think he he's talented, no doubt. But. I don't think they surround him with the talent that he's going to need to thrive. He's no Messi. I mean, he's like or dislike Messi, Ronaldo, people of that ilk. He's not them. And, no, and we th- don't I build our Weah, team. I think Tim Weah is way better of a striker, uh, all-around striker, than Pulisic is. And yeah. I was way more impressed with his movement and the way he was trying to don't, be creative and create space and create look, opportunities. Don't fucking lie. We we all know you're a Dest homer. <laughs> Okay, he's your guy. Loving that dude. I mean, look, look. I want to, I, 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 I want to like Dust because he's got you know um, Netherlands heritage. Um, but, but I mean, he he's not a good player, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's had a great tournament. What a great tournament!" I'm like, no, no, he hasn't. Why are we I, saying shit like this? Made some questionable mistakes. I, I mean, Several. I feel like. I, and, and I'm super naive. I mean, there'd be coaches that could just talk circles around me or even your casual fan that could, but I feel like there's like maybe three tiers with maybe a, maybe a fourth, which is probably where I'd put the United States, but your quality teams, it's either the system works and they're all bought in on how that system's going to function or there's the teams that are built around super talented individuals. They And I'll use Argentina as this example. Messi is free to float anywhere he wants on the field. Right. He does. They don't need him in full defensive mode. He'll be on the left side, the right side. He flows to space. And then the magic happens kind of working off of him. And then you have teams that have both system and mega talent, like maybe France and, you know, Mbappe and like that kind of thing. My problem with the United States is it has neither the superstar to build around nor the system that works. It requires them all to be constantly bought in to try to make the system just hang on. Right. 
and it can when you go into like full turtle shell mode it can it can hold up at times but for anybody who kind of saw the exploits like the netherlands did which they clearly did the, and, oh my god did they, yeah holy and, shit. and then just nothing changed to account for it because i don't think Berhalter had any answers he didn't and it, and there's so many questions behind like why wasn't reyna Gio Reyna playing more i mean um, which is just a weird you know side note to it all i don't just get sergeant that. getting hurt in that last match didn't help i don't think pulisic getting hurt in that in the in the in the final um group match didn't help i, I look i'm not i'm not saying I have very mixed emotions about how the U.S. Uh, showed up and played. I mean, it's one of the youngest teams at like 24.7 or 24.8 average. So one of the youngest teams. I think there's a lot of talent, more talent than we've ever seen top down, side to side. Um, I love Adams. Uh, I think he's a wonderful midfielder. I think he's going to be there for years and things are going to flow through him. I think we have, other than Zimmerman's, you know, accosting a um uh during the uh um, first match against the first match against wales um he's he's pretty solid i mean he's some of the players are a bit older i look all all in all i'm very excited i'm very excited about the future of u.s uh men's uh soccer team i think we have a lot to be excited about and um our under our under 17 team just beat both france and england I saw yeah. last week. So I mean, point. yeah, I know, but that means we got we can we we got a pipeline. We got finally got some athletes, you know, some real there's 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 um there's some real culture developing that has me excited. But I've heard that for thirty fucking years. Yeah, but look at the look at the talent we're putting on the field though, finally. Like, I mean I will get, say this as well. You don't we see talk, it? We've talked about this with college football. It's hard to be excellent year over year over year and we saw a germany and belgium. shockingly walk in a belgium shit we saw argentina we, lose to saudi arabia i mean it, you know in japan you know was Which I, was you Morocco. know fun croatia i think is actually you know consistently maybe better than than i that lead in would, would give them credit for was giving them credit well, for especially because of how old they are yeah, uh, you know, and then team. I mean, you know, you get a, a, I mean, a Senegal making it into the next or the round of sixteen. You get Morocco, the Cinderella, know? clearly the Cinderella of the it, tournament. It, it, you know, and but then you Morocco, get the old guard. Morocco led their group out of Croatia, Belgium, and Canada, which right. I thought was one of the more. I mean, I if if you'd had me put hard real money cash down, I I would have said that Morocco finished last in that group, and they finished the top. Like right. what the fuck is going and on? And send Canada and Belgium home. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I I think Haas to answer your question, you said, "Oh, don't you see the talent?" I'm not saying there's not talent there. My concern is, and I think I addressed this in the text, is I don't think Burhalter's the guy because neither his strategy or his tactics are working. And I think that's and- better what Grinch was saying, right? Like if you've got the talent and you have a shitty system, it doesn't fucking matter. Just right. like if you've got a great system and you don't have talent, it doesn't fucking There's matter. only so much you can do. And you and I discussed this when I came up and visited you. There are a number of ways strategically to approach a game. Okay? You can run through the middle. You can use your wingers and pass to the middle. You can play 
90% defense, which is what the Netherlands did against us in the knockout stage. And then you play the quick breakaway and you score. So you, you, you are perfectly fine giving the other team possession. And then you catch them on a breakaway when they're getting comfortable and you lull them in. Like there are a number of approaches. And, and as Grinch said, I don't know what our approach is. No fucking idea. That first half against the Welsh in game one, they came to play. And in the second half, it was an entirely different team. It's like they, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. And and that's the problem they have. Yes, Argentina got beat by Saudi Arabia in game one, but they didn't lose another game because they went, oh, fuck that. We learned from our mistake. And as Grinch mentioned, you you tend to have, a lot of teams tend to have that traditional number 10 player who plays through the, the middle and, and they facilitate all of the passes to anybody that needs... But Messi is a whole different beast. They'll put him anywhere on the field. They give him carte blanche. They allow him not to be a traditional number 10 because he's fleet of foot. He can run you down. He can outrun you. He can outdribble you. He can just outplay you. And then they allow him to feed the people he needs to when he needs to, or they just they trust him to just do it. We don't have that guy. And unfortunately, we don't have the coach, in my opinion, don't have the coach to make it work. And I don't know who that coach is. I don't. And, and and we've discussed not having an American coach. Uh, I know Grinch is a huge fan of Bruce Arena, but I, oh, don't, think I am. He, don't think he's the guy. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it's, it's art and science, right? We talk about this a lot of, it, it, you can't necessarily take one solution from another team and go, that's, that's what we need to do. Cause I think about like a Brazil that got rocked. And it was looking for discipline. Now, my understanding is this coach they currently have instilled that. He is a very disciplined coach with his approach to the team and what he drilled into them. And it it, it seems to be working. Um, I'm not as familiar with, you know, kind of where England had to come from or the Netherlands. Like Argentina seems to be a little more like the team's gelled as opposed to like a Portugal who has this Ronaldo problem. <laughs> Which, and it is a problem at this point. You know, what, are they, what is he? I think well, yeah, but hold on. But not really a problem when they win 6 1. What, right? I mean, and that's, and that's the thing. If that coach is going to, if he's going to make that gamble, he either wins the locker room or he doesn't. Uh, I'm sorry. Was Ronaldo on the field for that? <laughs> right. He, he, he what? He scored one goal. But in that he didn't one match, but he didn't. But he uh, wasn't a, he wasn't a starter. He was not a starter. It was, right. the, it was the first time in like 20 years. Right, like so but, many, like 50 they put up the bulk of their matches. points without him on the field. Absolutely. So, you and again, you can make all kinds of arguments. As we said, Morocco was a shock. They were the Cinderella, or are currently the Cinderella of this tournament, as it's not over. But uh, it was disheartening to see the U.S. after uh, eight year hiatus and not making it in 2018 get there, squeak by the the group stage and then get to the Netherlands and and it's just like y'all have the same fucking game it's like we talk about college football everybody's got the same fucking game footage figure it mm -hmm. out and I never understood why they kept trying to crash the middle with with Pulisic it's like get out on the wings let some people run down the wings pass it to the middle you can't you can't try to funnel everything through the middle you don't have the playmakers to do it and the Netherlands kept crashing the middle with their defenders and then they catch us on a breakaway and score and it's just like Okay, I get it. 45 minutes, fine. But the second 45 minutes, fucking learn. And they didn't learn. Well, it, it is funny, you know, uh, another article I saw, it was like a sentence within the article. It was like, possession time, the most pointless stat in the sport. Because <laughs> if you exactly. don't do anything with the damn ball, which, which is a lot of, like, 
it's so interesting because again, you can find an exception to every rule, right? Because they say, I think Argentina had a 27 pass string before they scored a goal in one of their, you know, uh, group stage games. But that's what they're looking for is they're looking to lull you to sleep. You get a little bored. You're like, they're just going to buy. Oh shit. You know, all of a sudden, you know, as opposed to the, you can see the difference in some of these teams, and I'll use Uruguay because fucking that team, I, I almost pulled my hair out watching them with their 400 back passes that accomplished nothing. Right. Because you could tell they didn't know what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. And that's the way, I don't know, that's the way I always felt with the United States is it, it's it's the constant who's going to do something. But because the system isn't designed to go, we're going to be aggressive and do some over the top, some through balls, some diagonals, just – Let's just take some risks. If you give up possession, who fucking cares? Right. You know, but that wasn't their approach. It was so gun shy that they ended up walking into the Netherlands and just getting outclassed, frankly. Agreed. And I and I tell you the thing that disgusts me the most is we gave it our all. They they way to go, boys. You gave it your all. And I'm like, no, no, no. you didn't. I'm sorry, Grinch. They didn't overwhelm. They didn't underwhelm. What'd they do? They whelmed. They just whelmed. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's a perfect, that's perfect, right? Because it's true. Yeah, and I it, forget the name of the who wrote that article. I, yeah. I should give them credit. I'm not going to because that's not on the top of my head. But it was so well written of just. Uh, yeah. It was very succinct about how, yep. exactly who they were in that game and, and I, what we got out of them in this tournament. And it, And it's sad because. Yes, you do want to root for them and you want them to be successful. Haas, you and I in 2014, we sat in the fucking pub here and we watched Tim Howard in goal against Belgium and he just played fucking lights out. But there was no offense to be had. And and, and as much of a wall as he was in goal, if your offense is not scoring, it's hard to win a fucking game. Well, I mean, when you're given when you're giving the other team that much uh those many opportunities in in, yeah. in in the in the in their final third. The law of averages says eventually something's going to hit the back right. of the net, right? And, like, and we I mean, all make because I think Matt Turner, I think Matt Turner had a had an amazing tournament. I mean, he's he's he, I think he's a good goalie. I like him. Um, he's no, uh, he's no. Uh, oh fuck, who was the goalkeeper? Was he Crowe? Oh, oh no, 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 I know you're talking about. Oh, no, um, um, the fucking goalkeeper just played Poland. <sighs> Poland's goalkeeper, Polish goalkeeper, fucking Chesney. Chesney stopped. <laughs> I was just like, dude, give this guy credit because he was stopping everything thrown his way because his team was just doing fuck all. He and, he was he was stopping everything until France got momentum. Well, that's and then, true. And then it was like, go fuck yourself. And but, I mean, look, I, 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 and maybe there's not a difference. Maybe there is. I mean, I look at a Poland that ultimately lost three to one to France. Now France is freaking good. And I kind of feel like as I'm sitting here, I'm like, damn, Poland, you 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 represented, whereas the United States, maybe I'm unfairly going, you freaking got your ass handed to you. It's embarrassing, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm we're just hypercritical because it's our team, um, which is natural, right? You always yeah. criticize your own team more. Um, I mean, look, they made it. Did they make it? Yeah, but here, here, here's the difference. Yeah. We, we don't have a Lewandowski like Poland has, right? Like, I mean, we don't have that world-class player like a France, like a Mbappe. You know, like, we don't have a Messi or – I don't want to say Ronaldo because I think he's – has been. He's whatever. Ronaldo. But he's still Ronaldo, and you can't discredit that, right? No. Like, we don't, we don't have um, a Memphis Depay, right, like the Netherlands have. Like, we don't have – A Neymar. 
yeah, a Neymar like Brazil, like we just don't. And 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 I think that that goes back to Thor's point and to your point, Grinch, which is without without that player and without a proper system and and, and coach to to implement the system, where are we going to be in four years, fellas? Well, I don't we, think we're any better off than we are. That's we need some players with one name. One name, one name players. Yes, is what we need. Um, yeah, because in, in four years, obviously, we are the host nation. Well, us with combined with Canada and Mexico, the three are hosting the next World Cup in 2026. But, you know, you obviously want to make a good showing on your own soil. And in 94, we got out of the group stage. And then in the knockout stage, we got we, you know, we pulled Brazil in the first round of six in that round of 16. And we lost to Brazil. Now that's a tough pull, right? But you go, oh, Netherlands, they're aging. You know, maybe we can. We can squeak this one out, get a goal here, goal there, maybe sit back. And they just looked so just didn't fucking succinct happen. and surgical than we did. Yeah, and we looked inept, and it was just like, man. I mean, fuck, you, man? You, 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 here's what's sad. I, I don't know about you guys, but like the first goal, I saw it coming. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, here they go. They're about to score. They're about to score. Oh, look at that. They fucking scored. And then the second goal, I was like, fellas, who's pressing? It's the same goddamn thing they just did on the first goal. No one's pressing. Why the fuck is no one pressing? Oh, look, no, second goal. Like what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, mm. how do you turn it around? I don't know. Is it the right? Is it the right coach? Is it a combination of the right strategy, the right tactics with the right players? And maybe, you know, and I hate to use this connection, but you know, Tim Tebow was was great at the college level as a hype man, and he could do what needed to be done. But when he went to the NFL, he wasn't. And coaches tried to build a scheme around his limitations. Maybe that's what the coach of U.S. soccer needs to do. It's like, okay, here's what I've got. What are my limitations? I need to build a scheme around that to make them competitive. You can't compete with the Spains, the Argentinas, the Brazils, the Germanys, the Englands, and the Frances of the world. Hell, you can't even compete with fucking Moroccans. But they're clearly doing something right. You're not. And I don't understand where the disconnect occurs because it's like you all are watching the same thing. And I guess for me, it's like, why is Georgia so much more dominant than the next team? Because everybody's got the same 11 players on the field, not the same wow. players, but you know, they, they've got the same positional players. They practice, you know, it's like, we, I, we I don't know get why. It. We know why. It, it, it's the same thing, just on a different scale. The rest of the world gives more shit about well, that's soccer. True. That's true. So they get the best athletes. Our <laughs> best athletes are not playing soccer. No. And, and on that note, in case you hadn't heard, Cristiano Ronaldo was offered $211 million to go play in Saudi Arabia. And ladies and gentlemen, let me be clear. That's $211 million a year to go play in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> think he's going to take that, gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely don't think he's going to uh, play after getting, at, uh, Miami, AC Miami. Yeah. After getting dressed down by his head coach. His head coach. And, you know, and as he's – I think I saw an article that said uh, the most talented player that nobody wants – yeah. Well, uh, again, my 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 personal love, my team, club team, Manchester United, just dumped his ass because of a press conference where he bashed the the manager of the team and did not like the tactics and, and mainly because he wasn't getting played the way he wanted to. And so they basically ended his contract. Now, he can't actually go play for Saudi Arabia until the January transfer window ends because technically he's still under contract for Man United. So he can't go anywhere else. But, yeah, they offered him two hundred eleven million. They're in another athlete in the world anywhere, any sport getting paid $211 million a year to play their sport. To me, that's fucking insane. Nobody deserves that. I don't give a fuck who you are. Well, I mean, we talked about it. Live golf, you know, da, 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 da. I, I, 
they got the money. As was the case of AM, you didn't, they weren't able to buy a championship. I right. don't know what they're going to buy with getting a Ronaldo right. there and if it changes the whole football landscape. Uh, I don't that, think it the, will. That's the problem when you have more money than sense. Well, and again, I think that, the, and it's interesting, it's an interesting dichotomy. The two princes of international football right now, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, have been for the last few decades. One is is a potentially for $211 million a year going to Saudi Arabia, and the other one is apparently going to come play for David Beckham at Inter Miami for a lot less. <laughs> um, so it's 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 an interesting way for both of them to kind of end their careers. One making a couple million, one making two hundred eleven million. Look, if you and Clint Dempsey said it, if you can go make that money, go do it. I would. Yeah, sure, I mean, why not? We've talked about this. I mean, it's generational money. He's thirty seven. He can't <laughs> yeah. keep pace. I don't give I a mean, fuck who you are. You know, you're talking. You know, in our sports world i mean you got a lebron that's like um like evaluation of almost a billion dollars because of everything else he's doing with his money right. and you know exactly. you set for life and you build on that that wealth for generations and next thing you know you're the owner of some corporation or what i don't know <laughs> right or you buy some soccer team somewhere i mean yeah that's fucking insane but uh you know all the best to him if, if he makes that work uh i don't know that i'd want to go live in saudi arabia but hey uh, two hundred eleven million dollars. That's a hell of a paycheck. Well, just so we're clear, Ronaldo is currently worth half a billion. So you know, a couple, <laughs> a couple, couple of years. A couple of years, Arabia, he'll be over a billion. He'll be over mm-hmm. a billion. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because well, you maybe hear he can numbers- replace that statue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hear, you hear numbers like that when you say two hundred million. You're thinking, oh, like you know, it's a five year, ten year contract, right? Because that's what we hear here in America. Oh, baseball player getting paid three hundred fifty million dollars, but it's for ten years. That's a that's a year, two hundred eleven million dollars. I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, and I'm sure Ronaldo's pissed because he's estimated to be worth four hundred ninety million, whereas Messi's uh, estimated to be worth six hundred and twenty million. So they're all like, guilty of tax evasion. No, fuck they are. <laughs> you know they are. That's why they're always in court every other freaking that's month. <clears throat> that's how they landed Messi at Inter Milan because there's no state tax here. <laughs> yep, yep. Shakira, no. Um, it, it has been a, it has been so far an entertaining world cup. I have thoroughly enjoyed it in USA, notwithstanding. I mean, it was fun to watch, but it was disappointing the way they kind of checked out of it, but I'm hoping that it ends with a bang and that, you know, maybe someone new. And I, I, look, if Morocco goes on and wins, we all got to hang out and watch matches together. Right. That was my favorite part. If Morocco goes on and wins, I'm okay with that. I think like walk down the street to some people in the United States and be like, put on this map where Morocco is. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Look, I, I was stoked. I would love to see Japan. I would have loved to oh, have seen yeah, South me Korea. Too. Me too. Yep. But unfortunately, that that was just How not. Do you in the not cars. cheer for Japan, man? Dude, and so much about heart. heart and... There's heart, and they're just such awesome people. Did you see where I know the coach went out the and bowed to the fans? Like, and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, how can you not love these I people? No, I know, yeah. I know, I agree. I mean, and... you know, granted, our, our you know a couple of generations ago when well, we weren't big fans of them. You know, in this country. Well, that's our own short sightedness. Uh, shortcoming. Well, but... I mean, being being is what today is, December seventh. I mean, yeah, it's only appropriate that we. Amen. You know. Look at that. But 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 I get your point. Now in Japan, yes, I yeah. I also was rooting for them. Sadly, they did. Uh, you know, and, and, and quite and... frankly, I they were the better side. Croatia was not the better side in that match. I they agree. just happened to take advantage of the freaking penalty kicks. And you, you take advantage of what's in front of you. That's why Georgia's undefeated. You take advantage of what's in front of you. Word. 
Uh, on that note, uh, gentlemen, I appreciated the World Cup. Uh, I, again, I love this sport. I always have. It, it is something that I am tied to and I have been since I was a kid. And, uh, I, you know, I follow it every four years. Looking forward to 2026 when it's here in the United well, States. Well, we, we, we all played it. We've all we've all kind of like watched it together over the years. Like um, what was that in 94 when you, me and our dads watched it together? You and yeah, I we did. Spent, and then you we, and I we, watched 98. In my apartment, we watched that one. Uh, 2014, you came and stayed at my house, and we watched. Um, so, yes, it, and then obviously this year, we, we got a chance to, to watch some matches. So uh, it's it's been a fun run. I'm looking forward to see how all this falls out. But, you know. Because hopefully four years from now, we're all going to matches. In together. a stadium somewhere. Yes, exactly. Like I'm good with that. Uh, thank you gentlemen for this. I appreciate it. it. It has been a long time coming. Obviously, you know, we've, we've not been able to connect for a little bit, but it was good to get back into the studio and, and be able to chit chat with you all. I'm sorry, Mac is not here. I would have loved to, you know, have him talk about indentured slavitude and, and sure. how that plays out. <laughs> um, but as always, ladies and gentlemen, feel free to check out everything that we do here and talk about here. If you can go to our website at spiriteddebate.com, you can check out all of our episodes in the vault. There's like a hundred and now, I don't know how many, uh, a lot, 160 ish, um, lots of minutes to listen to. So go and check it out. Coincidentally, the other, uh, the 20 it's end of November, two days back to back. Most downloads we've had in two days. Uh, we had 97 one day and 101 the next day. Don't know where that came from, but people <clears throat> clearly were listening to something. But uh, yeah, nearly 200 downloads in two days. That's our biggest two-day download. So I was like, nice. holy shit. Cool. So, we're, so we're still trending upwards. Trending up. Absolutely. Nice. Um, we're at the tippity top, but we're only halfway, only halfway there. there. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, check out all of our episodes there in the vault on aspiriteddebate.com. All of the drinks that we try here are Cranberry Fizz, Haas's Angel's Envy on the Rocks, which he's probably done, I don't know, 10 times. 12 times, something like if that. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Amen. Uh, or you can drop us a line at the full horseman at debate.com. Hit us up a drink you'd like us to try, a topic you'd like us to debate. If you give us a good topic, maybe we'll get you on the show and we will let you debate it with us. Would love to do that. Love having guests. Uh, coincidentally, we have a guest coming up. Looking forward to that one. It's been a minute. Uh, definitely want to have his voice back on the show. So, as always, from the Four Horsemen here at the Aspirita Debate Studios, we love everybody. Love you guys. Thank you for doing this. Uh, we'll do this again next week. So thank you very much. views, information, or opinions expressed during the A Spirited Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests involved and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the host or guest may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. While guests are invited to listen, listeners acknowledge that they are not being provided professional advice from the podcast or its guests. The content within the parameters of A Spirited Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are for entertainment and educational purposes only. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.